0: Our patients are the first thing we think of when we begin each day and the last thing we think about when we finish. In that spirit, Hendricks Regional Health, Danville, Indiana, proudly presents Health Talks with HRH. Here's Melanie Cole. If you or someone you love is living with diabetes, you already know its challenges. Living a full, healthy life with diabetes is within reach, but it takes commitment and the right team of healthcare professionals. My guest today is Angie Thompson. She's a diabetes specialist and family nurse practitioner with Hendricks Regional Health Diabetes Center. Welcome to the show, Angie. So first tell us, what is diabetes?
1: Diabetes is a medical condition that... Uh, occurs in individuals that prevents them from being able to regulate their blood glucose levels. And it typically results in a deficiency of insulin production in combination with something called insulin resistance.
0: So this is an insulin-resistant type. And just to clear up for the for the listeners, type 1, this is not the one we're talking about. We're talking about type 2. Now, can type 2 diabetes affect anyone at any age?
1: It can. However, there is an increased risk with the aging process. So that is a, a, a risk factor for type 2 diabetes. However... In today's day and age where we have uh, reduced activity, we have uh, increase in obesity and uh, being overweight, the incidence of diabetes is occurring, type 2 diabetes is occurring earlier and earlier. So there have been children and teenagers that have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, which wasn't really seen in the past.
0: Sure, it was called adult onset before, and now they've changed it to type 2 because of the childhood obesity epidemic, and we're seeing diabetes in children as young as 9 years old. So what are some of the other risk factors that people can look to to let them know that they might be headed towards pre-diabetes?
1: That's a great question. One risk factor, which unfortunately no one can change, is family history. So that is a huge component of this. There's a huge genetic component to type 2 diabetes. So if you have family members that have diabetes, then you yourself are at a higher risk. In addition to that, you've got uh, the inactivity. If you're um, sedentary, you're not very active. Or if you are in the overweight or overbeast, obese category, then you also have that higher risk for type 2 diabetes. And then you've got age as a a risk factor. You've gotten certain ethnicities. So, unfortunately, you can't change uh, your ethnicity, but, uh, you know, there is a higher risk there. And then in addition to that, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. If you've got those medical conditions that you're being treated for, your chances are you have a higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes.
0: And what are some of the symptoms? Would people know that they have it?
1: Not always. It's actually a pretty, we call it an insidious condition in that you can actually have type 2 diabetes and really not have any symptoms. So it's important to actually get checked to have an annual physical exam and to have blood tests to help determine uh, whether or not you have an abnormality or just to confirm, you know, that your blood glucose levels are, in fact, in the healthy range, a normal range. There are some uh, symptoms that are associated with hyperglycemia and, and diabetes, but typically individuals have had it for five to 10 years before they would recognize potentially these symptoms. And I can go over them uh, very briefly with you. Uh, they are uh, frequent urination, uh, frequent thirst. Uh, increased hunger, um, increased infections, skin infections, uh, more than other types of infections, fatigue, and blurry vision. So those are the most common symptoms that someone would have.
0: And so what are normal blood sugar levels when they do get that annual physical and they see those numbers, what do they mean?
1: Normal glucose levels, fasting, are defined as less than 100 So it kind of depends on what lab test is done. Uh, But uh, again, if it's a fasting blood glucose test, less than 100 is defined as normal. If it's a random, so if your appointment's in the afternoon, you know, for whatever reason you couldn't um, attend fasting, then less than 140 is considered normal. And then there's another blood test called an A1C, which really doesn't... It doesn't matter if you're fasting or not Um, with that particular blood test. There's a normal or abnormal uh, value, and it's not dependent on whether you've ate or not. And so it's a different scale, which throws people off, I think. But normal for an A1C is less than 5.7. Anything above any of those ranges I mentioned indicates that there is some kind of an abnormality with regulating glucose, And the degree of that, really, it could be prediabetes, it could be diabetes. It depends on where you're at in the spectrum.
0: So then what are some of the treatments that are offered up for someone who's been told that they either have prediabetes or that they have full-on diabetes? What do you tell them as the most important things they need to do?
1: Well, absolutely, lifestyle is a huge component. So trying to eat a well-balanced, healthy diet, monitoring the portion sizes, because that's a, that's a big component of it, trying to choose healthier food options. And in addition to that, exercising regularly and, and managing the weight. So either maintaining weight or potentially even a weight loss is a, it's a huge component of the treatment and oftentimes missed. Um, And so exercising 30 to 45 minutes up to five times a week is the recommendation. And actually, that's where you see the most robust um, benefit to patients in regulating their blood glucose and in in maintaining weight. And then in addition to that, there are, you know, medications that can be prescribed. Some people require more than just the lifestyle component in order to be able to really regulate their blood glucose levels in a healthy range.
0: So... Diet, exercise, reducing that sedentary behavior, when does it come to medicational intervention?
1: If the lifestyle intervention is not sufficient enough to re- regulate glucose levels in the normal range, that's when it's deemed a medication uh, would need to be added, because it, the bottom line is you really need to try and maintain healthy glucose levels, and whatever it takes to get there is, is you know, what should be employed.
0: So what would some of those medications be intended to do? People hear about giving yourself insulin shots if you're a type 1 diabetic, someone who's had it since you were a child. But if, if this is an insulin resistance and your body is still making insulin, then what are the medications doing?
1: There, there's actually several different medications that are now available. Uh, what we've we found over the years is that there are, there's about eight core defects that we've seen in type 2 diabetes, that the two main ones, again, being an insulin deficiency uh, in the setting of insulin resistance. However, it's, it's more complicated than that. So there's actually medications that try and address the production issue. So we've got medications that stimulate the insulin production from the remaining cells in the pancreas that produce insulin. Then we've got medications that increase the sensitivity. So they try and combat that uh, that resistance. And then we've got some other medications that help regulate uh, through the liver um, glucose or sugar production. So it tries to suppress that a little bit. It tries to increase the sensitivity of the insulin's effect on the liver. You've got medications that kind of address the gut issue, the digestive issue, and how, how glucose or sugar is coming into Uh, the bloodstream through digestion, and trying to slow that down and help improve the satisfaction with the meal so people don't feel as hungry. So there's really a lot of different ways to address these core defects with the medications we have available.
0: And do you like people to self-monitor their glucose levels on a regular basis?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's kind of an integral part of determining uh, if the medications are effective, and, and it's really the only way in between appointments to really get an idea of medicine working, medicine not working, and uh, and so it's, it's a huge component.
0: So wrap it up for us, if you would, Angie, and let us know, tell the listeners what you tell your patients every single day about living with and managing the symptoms for diabetes.
1: Well, it's actually a, something that can be much easier to manage now than it ever has been. We have so many options available to help. There's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, it can absolutely, the treatment regimen be customized to that patient. I also really stress just a healthy lifestyle in general, um, it, uh, the exercise component. The, if, you, if you're having difficulty losing weight, or, the, or maybe you don't even need to, maybe you're at your ideal body weight, maintaining that weight is huge. Because the more you weigh the more insulin you need. And if you're already operating off of a deficit, that's going to make it more difficult. Um, and, And just knowing that they can live a long, healthy life with diabetes, we just need to focus on what it takes to regulate those blood glucose levels and keep them in the healthy range.
0: Tell us about your team at the Hendricks Regional Health Diabetes Center.
1: We actually have a very great comprehensive team. We have registered nurses who are certified as diabetes educators. We have registered dietitians who are also certified as diabetes educators. And we have, in addition to that, access to other members of the Hendricks regional health team that can help with things like activity. We have exercise physiologists that can help us kind of hone in on maybe a a regimen that would uh, best fit our patients. Um, And and then of course myself and helping with managing the diabetes and the, and then we all work together to try and help with the psychological and social aspect of trying to deal day to day with, with diabetes.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today. It's great information. You're listening to Health Talks with HRH, Hendricks Regional Health. And for more information, you can go to hendricks.org. That's hendricks.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.